Hi, and welcome to Northampton Bible Church's podcast. We are glad that you're here today. If you'd like to learn more about Northampton Bible Church, you can check us out at nbchurchcf.org. You can also interact with us on social media at nbchurchcf. And now, here's today's message. I'm excited for where we're going, that we're getting ready to uh, go on this journey, and I hope that you come along. And we're going to be in the Gospel of John. Uh, The Gospel of John is probably, uh, not probably, it's one of my favorite books, and it's my favorite gospel, and we'll talk a little bit about that along the way. Uh, So I'm going to ask you a couple questions, and if you're new to church, you you might not know these answers, and that's okay. Uh, If you do know these answers, you'll get extra gold stars, because we like to do things. No, we really don't have gold stars for you. But uh, we're talking about the Gospels. What books are we talking about in the Bible? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The Gospels, the word gospel means good news. Uh, and we're going to learn a lot about that th- through, as we walk through this. The Gospels, what I want you to understand, though, about the Gospels is you have Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and this is in your notes, they're known as the synoptic Gospels. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke are different than the Gospel of John. The synoptic, I, I can't say that word, just not right in this moment. The synoptic. Somebody say it. Synoptic. Synoptic. I knew it was there. It just wasn't, you know, synoptic. Synoptic. Synoptic gospels are, they're able to be seen together. So much of what you see in Matthew, Mark, and Luke is a lot of the same stories, maybe a lot of the same, in the same order. And even some of them are using a lot of the same words. That you can see all three of those together. But what you have when you get to the gospel of John is kind of a a totally a different animal. Uh, There's a lot of unique material in the gospel of John. Over 90% of John's gospel is unique compared to the other three Gospels. Uh, Instead of putting the emphasis on the kingdom of God, John puts the emphasis on the person of Jesus. And so where you might hear a lot about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you get to John's Gospel and you hear a lot about Jesus. A lot about the person of Jesus. And from the incarnation, which we'll begin to talk about next week, if you have no idea what incarnation means, come back next week, that's a tease for you. Uh, But from the incarnation to the resurrection, uh, John paints a picture that really is unique compared to the other Gospels. And so over the next several weeks, what we're going to be looking at and what we're going to be focusing on is Jesus. And I want to encourage you, if you are new to church, if you're new to faith, if you're new to Northampton, uh, to come along on this journey with us. Because some of you here and some of you out there, uh, you are at these different places in your, in your walk with God. Some of you say, you know, I don't know that I really believe. I'm not sure about all this. I just want to encourage you to take another week, to take another step, to see what God might say to you in those times. Because as we're going to see today, John's purpose in writing is so that you may believe. Not to convince you because of some, that some mythical thing or some whatever. What he's trying to do is say that this is the truth. And he's trying to show you, let me build a case for that. And so if you're new here, I want you to know that you're welcome here. The struggles that you have, uh, the questions that you have, the I'm not sure if I really believe what you're saying kind of thing. You are welcome in this place because we are all fellow strugglers. And I would say to you that say, yeah, I'm a Christ follower, I follow Jesus, and I, I want to say too that you're welcome on this journey as well. That covers everybody, right? People that follow Jesus, people that don't, good. I'm just making sure we're covering the waterfront because you're all welcome here. Because we want to help all people to believe in Jesus, to belong to Jesus, and become like Jesus. That we want to keep pointing you to Christ, and we want to keep pointing you to growing in Christ's likeness. That you would know the real Jesus. And I think sometimes what we have done, and 
you might be guilty of this, and it's okay if you're guilty of this, but we have, we have had faith or we have followed this idea of Jesus that if Jesus were to walk in these doors, physically walk in these doors, would we know? And I don't mean like, oh, is that really Jesus? But I'm saying I think sometimes because we can be so separated from the events that we read about in John and we read about in Scripture, that it becomes this thing that we have learned about. It's become this information that we have and not necessarily a personal relationship with the God who loves us. And so part of my hope for you that you say, yeah, I follow Jesus, part of my, my prayer for you is that you will meet Jesus in a fresh way. Not the idea of Jesus, not just information about Jesus, but wow, Jesus really is. And he really does love me, and life is found in him alone. Because I think sometimes in church what we do is we, we, we say some pretty powerful things, and I don't mean I'm saying it's powerful things, but we say some very powerful truths, and we sit there like we're statues. And I don't expect you to run around and like, you know, break stuff. I'm just saying sometimes this powerful truth that Jesus has rescued us from death to life, and we kind of give one of those like, and I know we're in church, and I'm not asking that you, you, know, you climb the walls. I'm just saying that some of this should, at least within ourselves, get us excited that, yeah, I was once dead, but now I'm alive. That I was on my way to hell, but now Jesus has rescued, that, rescued me from that. And I want you to know as we walk through these weeks that we can actually know this Jesus who is. That he's not a myth. He's not a mythical idea or ideal that Jesus is. And I think probably most of us in this room would say, amen, yep, I believe that. But it goes back to, I think, sometimes we're so divorced from Jesus that, we're, that we follow the idea of him and we don't follow Jesus. I don't know if that makes sense and maybe it'll make sense over time. Because I'm kind of walking, as I walk many miles a week, I think about things like that and think, do, do I really love Jesus? Do I really have a relationship with God through Jesus? Or have I just prayed a prayer? Have I just believed in some idea of like, yeah, I guess so. And I understand that there's a mist in the pulpit, there's a fog in the pew, I get that, so I say those things, you know, just letting you in to like pulling back the curtain a little bit because I struggle with these things. Because I want to be in a relationship with God. I don't want to just be like, I mean, if God were to show up in the, in, in, like, here's Jesus, and be like, yeah, I don't know that guy. I mean, I know the guy that I, don't freak out. Because God is not calling us to a, a deeper religion. God is calling us into a deepening relationship, an abiding relationship with him. And the same time I ask you this question, the same time I ask myself this question, do I abide in Christ? Do I stay connected to Christ? Or do I do enough to make me feel good, check the boxes, and say, I did my Jesus thing? And I don't mean that we're all like, oh, I did my, but you understand? I think you do. I'll stop talking. So if you have your Bibles, if you go to John chapter 20, there's some, there's some really powerful things in these two verses that we're going to look at today, and there's some things that I'm going to share with you today that, I, I, that I, you need to hear and that I needed to hear this week. But John, and we're, so we're starting this, this journey through John, but we're going to go to the end to begin. And we're going to the end to begin because it's going to make sense in a minute that once you get to John chapter 20, verse 30... 
you're going to see that John gives us his thesis. He gives us his point in writing uh, that he said all of these things in these first 19, 20 chapters to say this. And this is in your study guide. It's also in your Bible. It's, in, uh, it's on the screen here. I want you to see this. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. And so John is trying to give you, pull back the veil a little bit and say, there's a lot, a lot, lot, lot more that has happened. And Jesus said a lot of other things. But this isn't just the complete volume. This is the abridged volume. And he tells you the reason why that there are only certain things that he wrote down. Because you've got to understand that John is a person, and John was with Jesus, and John had these eyewitness accounts and these personal, this personal relationship with Jesus, that he spent time with Jesus. And now he's writing about 60 years after the events that we see take place in the Scripture here. And he's writing because people that had known Jesus or had heard about Jesus or had followed Jesus began to fall away. Because other people were coming and saying, you know, that's all made up and that didn't really happen and all these things. He's like, no, listen, I was there. Let me tell you. And this is what he says. But these things, so there's a bunch of other stuff that I could have written. There's all the stuff. But these things, the things that, I, that you've just read were written. And here's a purpose statement. And when you see this in Scripture, know that, that what's coming after it is going to tell you the reason why he's saying this. That these things were written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And believing that by believing you may have life in his name. So if you were to take the book of John and kind of distill it all down, John says to you and he says to me, the reason why I wrote this 60 years later, the reason why I put the words together, the reason why, and we believe that John was carried along by the Holy Spirit, just like every other uh, writer, contributor to the scriptures, that John was carried along by the Holy Spirit of God so that he could write these things so that he could build a case and convince you and convince me that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And by believing, you may have life in his name. And so I got some questions for you today, and they're in your notes. Uh, if you were with us for our prayer and share time, Scott and I hung out and talked about Believe for a while this morning, and uh, some of the things that we'll talk about this morning were things that we talked about at 9 o'clock, and I encourage you, a little plug for that, next Sunday at 9 a.m. we'll be on uh, live, and we'll be studying through something as well as talking with you and connecting that way. But the question is, what does it mean to believe? Uh, Greek word for believe is pastuo. That's a fill-in for you today. You can write that down in your first Greek lesson. That's an actual, that's not written in Greek, that's written in English, but it's the English writing of the Greek word. But you could say that you learned something, you learned another language today, brag about that on Facebook or something. Pastuo, which is to trust in, to put one's faith in something or someone. And it's not just, oh yeah, I believe in that, but it's you're all in. <laughs> that I'm putting my total trust and my total faith, and in this case, in Christ alone. And I want to clarify something with you this morning of what it means <laughs> if we say that we follow Jesus. If you say that you're a Christian, and I, I prefer a Christ follower because Christian, you can slap that on, you know, like name tag, like, yep, I'm a Christian. Why are you a Christian? Well, because I'm a good person, or because I believe in the church, or because I go to church, or because I live in America, or because, or because. But if you're a Christ follower, that tells you something different. But to be a Christ follower means that you believe in Jesus alone. That you have pistuo in Jesus Christ alone. A common mantra in our culture 
and maybe this is you or maybe this is your friends, uh, is to believe in belief. That you're okay as long as you believe in something. Because the very act of believing is really the point. It's not what you believe in, it's the fact that you believe. And what I'm about to tell you, I want you to hear in love, and I want you to know that every time somebody gets up here on this platform to speak to you, that we speak from a heart of love. My aim, my goal is to speak the truth, and to speak the truth in love. It's not my opinion, it's not my truth, it's the truth. But we don't say it in a, in a way that's haughty, we don't say it in a way that we've got it, everything figured out and you should listen to everything. We say it from a heart of humility. Because the truth is the truth whether you believe it or not. That's something you should remember, something I should remember. Even though it rubs up against maybe what I want to believe or what I do believe, the truth is the truth whether I believe it or not. That, that what I'm about to tell you is really not a truth. It is the truth. And I want you to hear today that, that the truth is that belief in belief, will not bring life. You may be sincere in the belief that you have, but you can, you are, you can be sincerely wrong. Have you ever watched, uh, some of you have, planes, trains, and automobiles? Okay, once or twice, just at Thanksgiving, you have to watch it at Thanksgiving. I think of that scene when Del Griffith, I watched this movie like, a bazillion times, I think is the number, when I was growing up. Uh, and you know, Dell like gets stuck in the car, and then all of a sudden he spins out, and then he gets back on the highway, and he's going the, the wrong way. <laughs> and Steve Martin looks out the window, and there's somebody driving parallel with them, and they're like, put your window down. He's like, oh, what is he doing? You're going the wrong way. Oh, he's drunk. He doesn't know where we're going. That's funnier in the movie. They literally are going the wrong way and someone's saying, you're going the wrong way. And that's what we need to do in our lives is that we need to speak the truth into people's lives and say, I love you and because I love you, you need to understand you're going the wrong way. And we don't say it because we're, we're like, oh, we're something special. We say it as one beggar telling another beggar where to find food. God has rescued me. God has given me life. And that life is found in Christ alone. It's not found in, in believing and <laughs> believing in belief. It's not found in just being a good person. It's not found in anything but Christ alone. This is something I want you to see. There's a couple things I want you to see today that real belief in the real Jesus brings real life, really. That no matter what you believe, no matter what you heard, and again, I understand that this might push up against like, no, but I believe this, and I believe, and all I'm asking you to do is to come along on this journey. I'm not here to try to convince you, try to argue you into the kingdom of God. My hope is, and my hope is every Sunday, that I point you to Jesus and I say, look, this is what he says. This is what he has done. That life is not found in me. Life is not found in Northampton. Life is found in Christ alone. And that real belief in the real Jesus brings real life, really. Because if Jesus, if the truth of Jesus and what he has done is the truth, wouldn't you want to know it? 
If you were going the wrong way on the highway, wouldn't you want somebody to say, hey, you're going the wrong way? I mean, sometimes we're in that other car and we're like, eh, what? who are we to tell them they're going the wrong way? Who am I? But if you believe in what Scripture says, if you believe what God says to us, that life is only found in Jesus. And your friends need to know that. Your family members need to know that. You need to know that. This is not a fairy tale. This is not my story. This is God's Word to you so that you might believe. And so what does it mean to believe? That's the question. That's where we started with this. But believe means to entrust your whole self into who Jesus says he is and what he has come to accomplish. I think what we have done is we have this watered-down version of what it means to be a Christ follower that we have said, yes, yes, when I was 8, when I was 10, when I was 12, when I was 13, when I was whatever, I prayed that prayer, and I believe in Jesus, and I'm trying to be a good person, and I'm trying to do good things, and I'm trying, and I'm trying. Anytime you talk about forgiveness and salvation, and you start the sentence with I, you're in trouble. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Believing means you're all in. Believing means it's all about what Jesus has done. So there was this guy that put this uh, tightrope across Niagara Falls one time. And he was a tightrope walker guy. And he went across. Like He had this, this crowd because, of course, you put a tightrope up. People are going to gather. And he, they gathered, the crowd gathered. And he's like, how many of you think I can make it across and back? I'm like, hey, you can do it. You know. And so he does it. He goes across and he comes back. And then he puts a wheelbarrow on there, an empty wheelbarrow. And he's like, how many of you think I can do this? I'm like, oh, yeah. Goes across and comes back. And then he fills it up with bricks. How many think I could do this? The crowd, of course, goes wild. Goes across and he comes back. And he says, for my final stunt, and I'm, this is all my, like, this really happened, but I'm sure it didn't happen quite like I'm telling you, but it really works. Uh, he says, uh, okay, now how many of you think I could push one of you across in this wheelbarrow across to Niagara Falls and back? Yeah! All right, who's going to get in? Just as quickly as the hands went up, <laughs> all the hands went back down. What it means to believe is it means you get in the wheelbarrow. It means you put your trust completely, in this case, in Christ. That it is Jesus who forgives us. Jesus who stood in our place. Jesus who died in our place for our sin, for our forgiveness. To believe means you get into Jesus' wheelbarrow, spiritually speaking. Again, I got a couple other things for you. These are all free today because I got them on vacation. Real belief, is, and I've said this before, is not about behavior modification. It's about heart transformation. We have muddied the waters in churches when we make it about this, that we, what we try to do is we try to get people, we talk about Jesus and we tell, you know, you need to trust him as Savior and just act right. <laughs> but if you know Matthew 4, 19, Jesus says to follow me and I will make you fishers of men. 
It's not about saying, I'm going to try really hard to look like Jesus. It's if I'm, going to, if I'm going to be like Jesus, if my heart's going to reflect it, if my mouth's going to reflect it, if my attitude's going to reflect it, it's going to be today I get up and say, God, I can't do this. Change me. Change my heart. Make me more like Jesus. We start to steer people wrong when we try to get them to act a certain way as opposed to allowing God to change their heart. And this is probably the most powerful thing that, that he really hit me this week. And because I've got friends and you've got friends and we have said to those friends about, about Jesus and why do I need to follow Jesus? And a lot of times we focus on because you're, you're not a good person or you struggle with being good, you, struggle, you have sin. I want you to see this today because some of this will be a, you know those moments in your life, I, keep, like I tease you like I'm going to push the button and I don't. But in your life, you have these moments where the light bulb goes on. And it's those aha moments of like, oh, that's good. I don't take credit for this because I didn't make this up, but this, this is one of those times. This is good. That you don't need to be saved because you're bad. You need to be saved because you're dead. Can I get an amen? Okay, all right. Even if it's a muffled amen. Amen, brother. But this is the heart of what we talk about with the gospel. It's not about making bad people good. It's about making dead people alive. It's about waking up people. But that's the truth, and I think sometimes what we focus on with the gospel is just be a good person, and it's going to make you a better person. No, you are dead in your sins and your transgressions. You are a dead person spiritually. I was a dead person before Christ. But in Christ, I can be made alive. I can be born again. I can be born into a family. It's not about making bad people good. It's about making dead people alive, and that only happens in Jesus. So what do I need to believe? I'm all behind there. There it is. There. Are we there? Good. <laughs> We're good. What do I need to believe? You look back at, at verse 30. Uh, but these things are written so that you may believe what? Believe that Jesus is the Christ. That's your, your fill in there. Uh, that Jesus Christ, Christ is not Jesus' last name. But it's an identifier that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Savior. That what happened many, many, many years ago in the garden with the fall, with, with uh, Adam and Eve choosing to disobey God, what happened in that moment, God foretold what would come, that there would be one who would come and rescue you. And for, from that time until Jesus came, the people of God were looking and saying, is that him? Is that him? That might be him. I don't know. Here's Jesus. He says that he is, but I'm not sure that he is. That Jesus has come to be the Messiah. That Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Savior. He is the long-awaited one. And that's what John is telling them. Guys, open your eyes that this is the one we've been waiting for. And I write these things in this book so that you might understand that Jesus is the one. That Jesus is the fixer of our broken world. He is the ender of oppression. As we talked about before, that, that what goes on in our world from the race stuff, that it's not a, a skin problem, it's a sin problem. 
The oppression that people feel, it's not about being liberated by uh, officials or, or other things. It's really be about being liberated by Christ. And I understand that there are things that, in our country, I get all that stuff that can be better. I get all that. But at the end of the day, what people need is to be liberated by Jesus. And that we would be agents of that. He is the one who will reign for all eternity. He is the one who gave his life so that we might find true life. John says that, that Jesus is the one that your restless heart is looking for. And the other thing that John says, there's Jesus is the Christ. The other thing that John says, I write these things, that you would believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. That Jesus is the Son of God. He says, says these things so we would understand that Jesus is God. And that doesn't play well, <laughs> if I could say this as an aside, that other people might say, oh, well, you believe in God and I believe in God. We believe in the same God. Other religions will tell you that. Other belief systems will tell you that. But let's get down to talking about Jesus. Is Jesus God? No, then we don't believe in the same God. And next week, we're going to talk about a little bit about the Trinity and maybe even the week after that. So we'll talk about all these things and kind of dig into that stuff because John 1 takes us there. We need to understand that Jesus is fully man and he's fully God. He wasn't just a good teacher. He doesn't allow you to just believe that. That he is the Messiah. He is God. And again, it may push against what you believe. Like, ah, I'm not sure about, I'm just saying, I'm asking you to, to come along. I'm asking you to stick with it. At least explore it and find out, okay, yeah, yeah I, I get what John's saying. I, I don't believe it. Okay. At least give yourself that opportunity. Listen to that couple that's saying, you're going the wrong way. All right, I'll check it out. Because I want you to come face to face with the reality that there is a God who loves you. There is a God who has given all in Christ. I stand up here week after week after week after week to remind you who you are in Christ and what God has done and how you've been forgiven. I want you to know that your doubt is welcome here, your struggles are welcome here, your pain is welcome here, your questions are welcome here. You're welcome in this place. And that we would discover these truths of God together. And finally, John says, this is really why do I believe it? By believing, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing these things, you may have life in His name. What you're going to find as we work through the book of John is that life is a major theme uh, in Scripture. And, and before I get, I already got way ahead of myself with this, and we're going to be done here in a minute, but uh, in your notes, this is a, what I would call a digger deeping, digger deeping, digging deeper study. Uh, and so I'm giving you things that will help you to, to spend some more time in Scripture. And what you'll find is there's 40 proclamations of the gospel in the book of John. 
And I would encourage you to just check those out. See what those proclamations are. Hear how the gospel is really proclaimed out of different people's mouths throughout the book of John uh, that would hopefully be encouraging to you. Uh, but the, the, the word life or the theme of life, the life is a major theme also in the book of John. That life that we need, life that we're looking for is spiritual life, is eternal life, is life that is only found in Christ. And what we're talking about is really getting into Jesus' wheelbarrow. Not like having one foot in, like, oh, I believe in Jesus and really, but I'm also going to trust in these other things. To truly believe means you're all in. This is important. I think this is the last, last, last important thing. That salvation is not transactional, it's transformational. What I mean by that is, I think what we have done is we have narrowed down following Jesus to be in a transaction. Jesus, I know that you died for me. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Jesus, I'm a sinner. Jesus, be my Savior. Give me my eternal life. And it's become this transaction where I sign on the dotted line and I get what I want and, and I guess God gets what he wants and we're done, right? Right? But to truly follow Jesus is really about transformation. It's not about behavior modification. It's about transformation. It's not about the transactional. It can be likened to adoption or marriage. If you've ever been in an adoption situation, you understand adoption or you understand marriage. Good luck with that one. But if you understand those two things, there's a point where there's a decision that's made. There's a, there's, there's a, there's a, a, a form or a, a piece of paper that says, you're now my son, you're now my daughter, I'm now your husband, you're now my wife. All those things. That's just one part of this, this overall picture. And the same way that adoption is not about the piece of paper, the piece of paper is important, but it's not about that. It's about welcoming a son or a daughter into a loving relationship, into a family where we cry together, we grow together, we challenge to each other, we pick each other up, we weep with each other, we do life together. The same thing as the marriage, you know, it's not just about that piece of paper that you probably have somewhere, but it's about two lives becoming one. It's about a covenant relationship where you come together and you care about each other, you love each other. That following Jesus is not just about this transaction, like, give me this and you give me that, we're good. But it's about coming into this abiding, deepening relationship with your Savior. <laughs> As I push buttons. That it's not about, it's not about so much about, I mean, it is about understanding that Jesus is our Savior, but it's really about following Him, abiding in Him as Lord. The proof that you follow Jesus is found in how you abide in Him. The truth and the proof of, of whether you are a Christ follower or not is in the fruit that your life produces because of the Spirit in your life. That if you say that you follow Jesus, but you don't follow Jesus, do you really follow Jesus? That if you say that you're a Christ follower, then you should be following Jesus. Abiding in Him, obeying Him, walking with Him. So what about you this morning? Where are you at? Do you have a relationship with God? 
I mean, some of you here, and maybe some of you online, you're searching, wondering, I'm not sure, I don't know if I believe it, or this is all a bunch of myths, but I'm listening because I, I, I just want to hear what, whatever. If I haven't said it enough, I'm going to say it again, that you're welcome in this place to search and to, to understand and to see what God has to say. If you say that you are a Christ follower, my question to you is, are you abiding in him? Are you growing in that relationship? Are you walking in such a way that it's, that it's deepening? Or is it just kind of like, no, we made a transaction. When I was 14, I asked Jesus into my heart, and so I'm going to heaven. I'm going to do my thing until then. I don't believe that that's what God calls us into. I don't believe that, that's a, that, that life, I don't think, is necessary. Now, again, hear my heart. I don't think life is found in the transactional. It's found in the transformational. Can you be saved from your sin and it be a transaction? I believe that God's grace can cover that, but I don't think that that's what God calls you to. It's kind of like, hey, you want to get married? Sure, let's get married, but uh, let's sign the paper good. Now we're going to live in separate houses and do our thing. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. I thought we were married. Yeah, we're married. Look at the piece of paper. We're married, but I'm going to go do my thing. God calls us into this deepening relationship. May you see that in the book of John as we walk through it.